Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Because of that, God responds. He says, my presence. What do I want to tell my children and grandchildren about that? God is a personal God. It's not religion. It's not what I went to church four times last year. I even doubled my Christmas and Easter time four times. It's not religion. It's a relationship. Notice, he says, I know that you know my name and you found favor in me. God's a personal God. Make sure you experience that and know that this morning that God's a personal God. People that don't follow Jesus have a hard time understanding that it's a relationship rather than being ritual-based. The idea of being able to have a personal interaction with the creator of the universe boggles the mind. For sure, it's a challenge to believe in someone you can't comprehend. One of man's favorite sayings is, seeing is believing. But Pastor Mark is teaching us that it's important for the next generation to observe our faith in Jesus, our daily picking up our cross and following. It's okay for them to watch us struggle. They see it whether we know it or not. They need to see us every day depending on Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with his continuing study called Role Models. Now turn with me in the Bible to 2 Peter, New Testament, almost to the end of the Bible. 2 Peter, right down there, go to the book of Revelation, last book, and just move forward. 2 Peter, head on to chapter 3, verse 18. This is the second thing that I want to give you in a moment. Notice what it says. You see, when we become a Christian, when we put God in the center of our life, that isn't an event, that's a lifestyle. It's a lifelong lifestyle. And Peter says it like this, but grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord, of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. To him be glory both now and forevermore. Amen. Here's the second thing I want you to write. Number two, teach and model the priority of spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. We do want our children to learn about how to do life, how to be great employees, how to get along with people, how to handle the difficulty things of life, how to be like a Steve Jobs and be creative and use your time well. We want them to do that. But the priority is spiritual growth. See, healthy things grow. Can you imagine taking your 16-year-old, walking into a restaurant, and your 16-year-old gets a hold of the waitress and says, do you have a, a, a high chair? And she says, well, sure. For who? Well, I want to sit in a high chair today. What? And by the way, do you have any baby bottles? I want to pour my milk into a baby bottle. 
You'd be out of your mind. And yet when we look at that, I want to give you two keys. Spiritual growth is not automatic. Here's something in the church that we don't understand. Listen to this very carefully. Growing older is not the same thing as growing up. Growing older is not the same thing as growing up. We have people, and you've seen them, in the church who have been serving God, quote, for 40 years. They know less than a new believer. Yeah, but I'm 40 years a Christian. Yeah, but you haven't grown up. That's sad. So the purpose of being a Christian is to grow in all aspects of our life. Jesus, in Luke chapter 252, it says, he grew in the wisdom and knowledge of God and man. For sure, we're not just godly people that don't know how to do life, but we know both. So most of all, we do want our children to grow spiritually. So how is that going to happen? First key, write it down. Parents, you are to model what spiritual growth looks like. They're, they're going to grow way faster than you. you. You know those kids. At five and all of a sudden we hear this word, growth spurt. And your budget goes fahooey. Because their shoes go from a size seven to 12. And all their pants are too short. And now you can't keep any food in the refrigerator. How many remember those days? I mean, they're always in there eating like crazy. Well, how are you going to model that? You're not going to grow like that, but you're going to have to grow spiritually. So what does that look like? Spiritual growth is not complicated. It's simply this. Look at me. It's simply this. It means to grow more like Christ in our thinking, in our actions, and in our character, who we are. And all of that relates, all of that relates to a big difference between religion and a relationship with God. One of the things that I think you can understand is this. If your children come to church as regular as you come to church, would you be happy with that? If your children read the Bible as often as you read the Bible, would you be happy with that? If your children serve when they get older in the church with their gifts and give as you give, would you be happy with that? Remember the key principle today? Parent, be what you want your children to be. That's huge. That's the really. Now, one of the greatest keys to spiritual growth is our quiet time with God. You see, God has provided his word, the Holy Spirit, and given us time to get alone with him every day. We know that God reveals himself through the prayer and the word. That's really where great growth happens. Your children should see you as they grow up having a quiet time. As they get older, show them how to have their own quiet time. Now, you can get a series I did called uh, Come Apart or You'll Come Apart. Having a quiet time. All that simply means is 15 or 20 minutes a day. You, with your word, the Bible, getting alone 
and letting God correct your thinking for the day. You see, the minute I close the Bible and walk out the door, the world begins to what? Squeeze me into its mold. That's the world we live in. The world is not for God. The world's against God. The world's for me. Do it your way. Take care of yourself. Nobody takes care of you. Take care of number one. Nobody takes care of you. That's not the Bible. The world says get. God says give. So if I don't get my thinking corrected before I walk out, I'll be squeezed into the world. I'll tell you this. I've never forgotten one night as a teenager, I came home and I went upstairs and I remember the side bedroom, the spare bedroom, cracked open. And I stood outside the door and I heard my mom praying for her two teenage sons. I never forgot it. One of the reasons I'm here today, I had a praying mom and a praying dad. Oh, they weren't perfect. But they modeled what a growing Christian looked like. That impacts me today some 50 years later. You see, we're amazing influences in our children's lives. Now turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, our third key. Ephesians chapter 3, you can see right where it is. Just keep moving forward. You were there in the book of Peter. About six or seven books toward the middle of the Bible. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Let's look at it. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. You see, what that is saying is that God wants to accomplish in you and me more than we can even think for the kingdom of God. So here's what I want you to write. This is three, the third key that I want you to think about teaching and modeling in your home to our children and our grandchildren. Teach and model the priority of God's unlimited potential for each child. As you look at your children... They are filled with the potential of God. You and I are to teach our children that God wants to use them to make a difference in the world. Not only being a good person, not only being a giving person, not only being a a good citizen of the United States or whatever, but a difference in their world. Teach them that God has uniquely gifted them to accomplish his purposes. They don't need to start comparing themselves to their brothers and sisters. And please, parents, don't you do that. Well, if you'd be like your brother or like your sister, don't do that. They're not going to be like them. They're different. Uniquely gifted by God. And don't allow them to say, well, I can't do this because Johnny in the class is way better. Don't even go there. You understand that the world is out to beat our children up. Just beat them up. We have to what? Encourage them. In a home, there has to be discipline. But there has to be affection and encouragement. And that has to come from you as a parent. Susie, Johnny, you can do it. God's gifted you. God's loved you. And then begin sharing with them all the things that God has done in your life. 
It's God who can do more than you can ever, ever think. Now, one day, Jesus said this truth to his disciples. Remember, his disciples are just fishermen and tax collectors. And he says to them, you 12 guys are going to change the world. Yeah, right. They didn't even know what the world was. Look at this verse. Jesus says this. It's in the book of John. And it says, John chapter 14, verse 12, I tell you the truth. Then they're going to put their names in there. Peter, if you have faith in me, you'll do what I've been doing. And Peter, you'll even do greater things than these. And Peter's going, yeah, I think I can do that. And later he goes, no, I can't do that. God says, oh, yeah, you can. But some of the other disciples wouldn't have been brash and bold like Peter. John went, no way, not gonna, Matthew, not a chance going to happen. So I want you to think about putting your own child's name in there today. I'll, I'll read uh, one of my grandkids' names in there. I tell you the truth, our son's daughter, Sabrina. If you have faith in me, you'll do, Jesus, what I've been doing. And Sabrina, you'll do even greater things than these. That makes it personal. And notice, it's not about their things. It's God's things. Put encouragement into your children. Into your grandchildren. Speak it into them. When we visit our grandkids, I pray for our kids. I pray for God's blessing on them. I pray that God's favor would be on them. That's a great thing for grandparents to do. Now, teach them as you pray with your children one thing. That God's plans are best for their life. Don't do it negative. Do it positive. And all they have to do is discover those plans, and God will show them his will. Explain to them that God has purposes for them, and he will show them. How are you going to explain that? Because of you. You're going to use your own life. How God showed you what to do. I remember the day I was in chemical engineering, and I took that first semester calculus and physics, And soon I knew that wasn't God's will for me. It wasn't like, woo! It was like, yeah! And I was walking by the school of pharmacy. I'd been a healthy kid, didn't even, probably had one script in my whole life. And God just said, that's where you're going. Well, that was God's will. My wife, how did I get my wife coming into my life? And moving to Florida, being a director of pharmacy at Wustoff for 25 years. And then 20 years ago, God said, no, you're going to move down to West Melbourne. Put your boots on and your hat, country hat. I'm not a country person. <laughs> and I'm going to use you in a whole different batter. See, you have the same thing in all of your lives. It's God's will. Best thing ever. Somebody stopped me this week. Pastor Mark, do you miss pharmacy? been 20 years since I was director. I said, no, not really. I loved it while I was there, but I don't miss it all because I moved on to something else. Not better, just different. See, teach your children that God's will is the best thing they can ever have for their life. And the next thing I want you to put down is this. You cannot expect your children to grow unless this, unless you're modeling serving and giving. And as you as a parent are serving with your gifts in the community, at work, in the church, 
and your giving of your time and your finances, if you're not doing that, you're not going to grow spiritually. A person cannot grow spiritually unless they're serving and giving because that's what Jesus does. He came to serve and he came to give. And so that has to be modeled in your life as well. Now, for our last point, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 33. That's not hard to find. You were in the first book of the Bible when we started. Go to the second book, Exodus 33. Exodus 33. One day, God came to Moses, and he was talking about Moses leading the people to the promised land. And we have a great passage that gives us principles. Exodus chapter 33. Get down to verse 12. And Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. So Moses says, well, you tell me to do something, but I need help. Who's going with me? You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. And then this is Moses' prayer. God, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you continue to find favor with you. That's a whole sermon that preaches, but I can't do it this morning. Remember that this nation is your people. Look at God's reply to Moses' prayer, verse 14. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Number four principle. Last one to write down this morning. Teach your model the priority of God living in us. You see, Moses teaches a huge principle here in the Old Testament. Basically, Moses says this, God, I need you to go with me in life. God, if you don't go with me, I can't do life successfully. You need to make sure your children understand that principle. If God doesn't go with them, they'll never do life successfully. It's not designed to do independent. Because of that, God responds. He says, my presence. What do I want to tell my children and grandchildren about that? God is a personal God. It's not religion. It's not when I went to church four times last year. I even doubled my Christmas and Easter time four times. It's not religion. It's a relationship. Notice, he says, I know that you know my name And you found favor in me. God's a personal God. Make sure you experience that and know that this morning that God's a personal God. But notice the next thing. God's not only his presence, his promise. He says to him, my presence will go with you. That's a great thing to be able to know and teach and model your children and grandchildren. God says, I'll be with you every step on the journey of life. When a difficulty comes, when sickness, bad medical report, financial problems, getting laid off at work, you can show your children how you're going to handle that. Single mom loses her job. A husband and wife are working. All of a sudden, she gets a cancer report. Well, the kids are young. How are you going to modify that? How are you going to work that in as a teaching principle? Well, right there. You can trust God. Honey, we're trusting God. The single mom says, for a job, God will provide. The parents say, well, mom's going to have to go to the hospital. We don't know really what the outcome, but we're trusting God in this situation. Why do I have to model that? Because that will happen in your kids' lives. 
That's what life's all about. You see, passing along our faith is simply about trusting God in every area of our life, every single day. Remind them that they're never alone. So I want you to write this. Parent, model trusting God in every area of your life. You can't just quote a nice Bible verse, I've got one for you. You have to show them how you're doing it. I mean, there's nothing greater for a parent than a grandparent to know that when we die, the presence of God will go with our children and our grandchildren. The very same God that we have today will go with our children and grandchildren. So you can assure your children that God will show up in their life. He will. Now I want you to look at me because I'm going to close with this. God says to Moses, I will go with you. God says to Moses, I will go with you. Does it get better in the New Testament? Yes, it does. Because God doesn't go with us today. God what? He lives in us. It's way better today. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes and what? He lives in you. Sure, he goes with you, but he lives in you. That's such an assurance to me for my children and grandchildren. When Linda and I die, if they're Christians, they have God in them. What does that give us as an assurance? A couple years ago, I did this with the iPhone. The guys did up in the creative arts, Brett and his team. Look at this. Because I have God living in me, What does that give me today? Teach your kids this. Assurance. God will teach them. God will remind them of things they need to be reminded. He enlightens the word of God to them. When they need comfort, God will be there for them. When they need guidance, what to do, what step to take, where to go to college, who to marry, he'll guide them. He helps them pray, know how to pray. And last, he empowers them to say no to sin and yes to the will of God in their life. Guys, that's the God that we serve this morning. And that's the God you want to pass on to your children. See, if you're not a Christian here, if you've never turned your life over to Jesus Christ, you have none of that. Because now you're going to try to teach them with your wisdom. You're going to try to enlighten them with the things of the world. And the things of the world very often are dark. They're confusing. You're going to try to comfort them with what? Flowers at Steve Jobs' funeral? Comfort? Nice touch, no comfort. Only God can comfort us. And that's what the Holy Spirit's called, another comforter. So I want to challenge you this morning. We have an amazing things. This is the last thing you write down today. The last thing to write down. It's all about this key. No matter what life brings, the key to success is God in us. The key to success is God in us. Today, Pastor Mark spent a lot of time warning us about the destiny of the person the Bible calls a fool. He also spoke about the characteristics of what Scripture calls a wise person. Giving our lives to Christ is the beginning of wisdom. Continuing to obey God's Word only benefits us. We learn that as we continue to exercise wisdom, that God will stabilize and prosper us. We 
know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This concludes the teaching, Role Models. We hope it's been beneficial to you. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the message, Location, Location, Location. He'll be speaking about the ultimate real estate location, heaven, and our need to be sure that it's the destination we're focusing on rather than the temporary things of this life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving